morning we are in the third week of our series on soul care, which really examines how the gospel and the church interact and intersect with mental health and really with the care of souls. The last couple of weeks have been on a bit more of a holistic picture of just what it means to care for the body, the soul, and the spirit. This morning is really specifically about the role that the church has when it comes to caring for each other. The passages that were read today are pretty clear. These are not unfamiliar passages for us. In fact, the biblical picture is an incredibly clear and consistent one when it comes to taking care of each other and what that means. If there's this repeated idea that we as a church are to bear with one another, that we are to carry each other's burdens, that as a church, we are to care for one another, not just our physical needs, not just our spiritual needs, but as a whole person, we are to carry each other and care for our needs. The text talks about how this is going to look through various different forms and at times where there will be times of admonishment given to those who need to be corrected. There will be times of encouraging for those who need encouraging. There will be times of help given to those who need help. And through it all, there will be a spirit of humility and gentleness that will run through this caring for one another, of patience with how we interact, with how we know and love each other. It's the role of the church, we clearly see through scripture, to reflect the love of God in how we love and care for one another. This will be our greatest testimony to the world and to ourselves truth of the gospel is how well and to what degree we carry each other's burdens, to what degree we show one another love. Not superficial, but true and deep, genuine love and care. The church is given by God, ordered according to the spirit and through the gifts that he gives us to care for one another. The church is the instrument of care been given to this world, that's been given for our good. But what does it actually mean, though, for us to care for one another, for us to carry each other's burdens? Right? What does that actually mean? It's easy to get lost in you know, Christian jargon or in terms that are very familiar or ideas that are very familiar and miss what it actually means for us to do this or what it actually looks like within a certain context. This morning, what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to start by talking what it doesn't mean to carry each other's burdens, and then start to talk a little bit about what it does mean to carry each other's burdens. So what doesn't it mean to carry each other's burdens, to bear with one another, that's been described? Well, the first point I want to make, I don't think that carrying each other's burdens means fixing each other. The text doesn't say that we as a church are to remove each other's burdens or to fix each other's problems or to relieve this from them. That isn't what it means. I think it's a, it's a common picture, though, or hope that we all have. I mean, a burden is a burden. We don't want to have a burden. So we share our burdens with people in hopes that they can take them away, that they could fix us. And for many of us, I mean, if someone shares a problem in their life, 
our first response is to fix it. What can I do to fix that burden, to just get rid of your burdens, to be the one in your life that takes the burden away from you? But that's not the image that's given through Scripture. It's not an image of fixing each other. It also doesn't mean, and we need to really press on this too, bearing or carrying each other's burdens doesn't mean we don't seek outside help from the church with our problems in life. Again, I think it comes from that misguided understanding of fixing, that we're always looking for someone to fix. And so if the church, I want the church to fix it, and if the church can't fix it, I'll go outside of the church to find someone who can fix me or who can take care of my burdens. And on the contrary, if we really get a very strong view of the church, and the church is the role of soul care, it's easy then to say, well, just share in the church, just rely on the church. But that also doesn't really take into account, like it's been preached the last several weeks, how God is at work through the sciences, through common grace, and through all people. Sharing our burdens in the church doesn't mean we also don't go outside of the church for help and for support. Sharing our burdens doesn't mean we exclude outside help. It means bringing that to the church. It also doesn't mean sharing our burdens with everybody and anybody. I think that's another common way in which we misunderstand these things. That if I'm to share my burdens with each other, great. Any opportunity I get, I'm going to share. And we have some of us have a tendency to overshare. Right, I'm going to share all of my problems, all of my hopes, all of my desires, anytime and everywhere, because that's what I'm told to do. But the reality, and as we read, especially in the Thessalonians passage, the Ephesians passage, well, the Galatians, all of these, it talks about an order to the church. That it's not everyone in the church is the same. Everyone in the church is the same in Christ, but the Spirit has given gifts to the church. There are roles and responsibilities in the church to care shepherd for one another. There's going to be a level where we care and shepherd each other corporately. But then God will also give shepherds to the church to care for the souls under their charge in the church. So just because someone may have shared a burden with someone in the church doesn't really mean that they have given their burden to the church. That would require actually submitting to the plan of of God and to the ordering of the church. There's a model and a pattern in the New Testament for elders and shepherds for caring for one another, which Paul demonstrated through Thessalonians, where he gives them the example, I labored amongst you, so you can continue that same work, laboring for others, developing leaders who will be gentle, and humble, and patient, and who will care for people. This is why the text in the New Testament is so heavy on elders and why we as a church take that very respons that responsibility very, very seriously because the role of the elder is to care for the church, to shepherd. And finally, I think what it doesn't mean to share each other's burdens is to share prayer requests. That's a hard one, especially if you've grown up in an evangelical Christian environment where we mistake the sharing of our burdens with the sharing of our prayer requests. Here are the things that I want you to pray for me. And then we step back. It may be a good start to share our prayer requests.
But to share our burdens is to really share our life with people, which doesn't take place just in a prayer circle or in an email thread or text chain. To really open up and to share more than just a surface level of our circumstances, because so often our prayer requests really deal with the circumstances. I have a job interview, we're hoping to get pregnant, we're hoping for this, I want that, and, it, and those are good things. We should pray for one another. The text is very clear on that, that we should share all of our supplications and we should pray. But we can't confuse that with what it means to actually bear with one another and to carry each other's burdens. Carrying each other's circumstances is not the same as carrying each other's burdens. So what does it mean then to carry each other's burdens? Well, I think what the text is showing us that to carry each other's burdens is really the sharing of our lives with each other. All of ourselves, not just part of ourselves, not just the cleaned up parts, and also not just the dirty parts, not just the spiritual, not just the physical, but all of it. It's carrying and sharing with others, allowing people to enter into our burdens. If we really let the weight of that term really hit us, right? The burden. It's sharing with others, sharing with the church, the heaviness in our lives. All of us have a heaviness that we carry. That never leaves us that we can distract ourselves from, that we can do a lot of things with, but it's still there as a heaviness to our existence. The hardships, the pains, the disappointments, and the hopes, the hurts that we experience. What it means to bear each other's burdens, it means to share the parts of our life that really weigh us down, that we're tired of carrying. Our families, the histories of hurt, pain, and betrayal in our family. Our depression, our hurts, and our longings for wholeness. Our sense of loneliness and desires for others to fill that. Our failures and our disappointments. Our fears. The heaviness that we carry. What it means to carry each other's burdens is it means that we allow others into our life to such a degree that they share the burden and help carry the weight that we all carry every day. And for many of us, the burden is crushing. And so we create support structures. We create ways of coping. And psychology and the modern practice of that has been really helpful teaching us as a society and as a culture ways to cope with the heaviness and the burdens that we carry. But we can't fail to see God's plan is the church as the primary way for us to carry each other's burdens. For us to not be alone with carrying the heaviness of our lives. And the text also shows us why this is the case, and why we're to do this, why we take this so seriously. 
Right? Like, why would we enter into the pain and the suffering, the disappointments, the heaviness of life? Why would I enter into somebody else's heaviness? And why would I be willing to share my own heaviness with others, at times with complete strangers, at times with people who don't seem very trustworthy, or I don't know how they're going to handle don't seem qualified to carry my burden. Why would I do this? Why would I go into a church setting and trust them with my weights, with my heaviness, with these things? Well, because Christ commands it. Galatians says, it's in the bearing of each other's burdens that we fulfill the law of Christ. In Ephesians it says, this is how we walk in a manner worthy of our calling. There are no options here for us as a church. There is no greater way for us to show love to one another, which is the command of Christ. If we are to be followers of him, he tells us very clearly, again and again, and his apostles all the way through the New Testament, you are to love one another. If you consider yourself my disciple, then you are to love. And then the text tells us how we love. The way that you are to love each other is to carry each other's burdens in the context of the local church. If we won't do that, we won't fulfill the law of Christ. We image Christ, who is the ultimate burden bearer. And we experience God's love when we show this same love towards our brothers and sisters. If we are to take the law of Christ seriously, to love other people, then we are to bear each other's burdens. It's loving your brothers and sisters to share your weightiness with them. It's loving your brother and sister to take on yourself the weight of their life. This is what Christ has commanded. It's in the bearing of each other's burdens that we experience the comfort of the gospel. We're not going to experience that comfort anywhere else. It's in the bearing of each other's burdens that we follow and walk in step with the Spirit. If we will not do those things, we will not be in step with the Spirit. It's what the Spirit is leading us to. Unity and love as a church. Loving one another and carrying each other's burdens. The call is very clear through Scripture. It's not a mystery. It's not a difficult text to translate. If we are to fulfill the law of Christ, if we are going to follow the Spirit and experience His grace, we're called to bear with each other carry each other's burdens with patience, gentleness, and humility, speaking the truth in love to one another, admonishing, encouraging, and helping. But we have to do it. We're called to share our lives. It's not an option. We're called to bear that burden on ourselves. It's not an option. But while we know the call of Christ, and we understand the clear calling, all of us also face a lot of challenges with this. This is not an easy task, which all of you know. Uh, if you've been in the church for an extended period of time, if you're a leader in the church, you understand the challenge and the hardship that comes along with this. This is not an easy thing, which is why it is the fulfillment of Christ's law. I mean, this is, again, Ephesians, you know, 
we will make manifest to the heavenly places. People are going to, the heavenly beings looking upon the church one day are going to say, wow, right? That was God's plan all along. That's amazing how that church is unified. How, who can stay unified? Who can be loving? Who can be patient with one another? Only through the gospel can we do this. But the challenges to bearing with one another in love and unity are extreme. And I think there's a few different challenges that we face in why this is so hard for us. The first challenge, really as a cultural one, is really our over-reliance to a certain degree, I think that's too strong of a term, but of our over-reliance or over-deferring ourselves to specialized forms or to professionalism. And we all love professionals at things. We want the best to be able to handle us with things. We go online and we want the best of anything. And that's true for our care as well. When it comes to the care of my body and soul and mind, and I want the best to take care of me. I don't want just anybody. Just as if I was right going to a chiropractor, I would want the best one to take care of me. And while that's good and not a bad desire, at times that can overly influence us to only share our burdens with who we feel like is qualified carry our burden. And this is extremely complicated when it comes to mental health again as well. We feel like, you know, these people, well, they don't get it. They don't get me. They don't get the problems I have. They don't understand what's going on. They don't know the science. They haven't read these things. I'm just not going to share this stuff with them because they just wouldn't get it anyway. So we pick and choose who we share our burdens with. And we only share them with the people who we feel are especially qualified to handle them. Or in a religious setting, it's like just the pastors. They're qualified. I'll share with them. But that's it. Really shortchanging the work that the Spirit is doing and not trusting that Christ has put you in the church with the right people for the right purposes and that he will work in that relationship and in the sharing of the burdens. But also not, but recognizing, going back to earlier, right, the, the goal is not to be fixed. And it doesn't mean that you can't seek outside professional help, but it's bringing that hope, it's bringing the pain to the church to carry it with you, to pray with you, to be with you as you seek help, as we go down those journeys, but not to overlook the church. The other, I think, cultural challenge that we have is kind of on the other extreme, where we can also have an over-reliance on the spiritual. You know, Deirdre gave that great opening in that first uh, sermon about how, you know, right, for many of us, right, we hear a story of healing, and if there's a spiritual dimension to it or God healing, some of us bristle, and some of us rejoice and say, yeah, finally, more spiritualness. Well, sometimes we can over-rely on the spirit as well, where we would say, you know, having to go outside of the church or having to go to a professional really demonstrates weakness and you just don't have enough faith you're just not praying enough and so that too that fear then of being portrayed as weak really can shortchange again the sharing of our burdens because then we want to present ourselves as always wrong and that all of our problems are always under control and you know what i'm praying about it and everything's great i'm doing okay i'm studying my bible and we won't actually share the depths of problem because we're afraid of looking 
I supposed to trust these people that I find myself in? I mean, some of us may be very new to the church or new to any church. It's like, I'm supposed to share my stuff, my junk with these people? I, I don't even know these people. Why would I share with them? How do I know they're going to take care of me? How do I know what they're going to do with the stuff that I share? How do I know they're not going to share it with others? How do I, I, I just, I don't trust it. For others of us, it's not the sharing, but it's even in the hearing that we don't want. I just don't want to bear anybody else's stuff right now. I got enough of my own. You know, I've got enough burdens as it is. The idea of carrying anybody else's burdens just sounds exhausting. And we use terms, right? Like, I just don't have the capacity for this. I don't have the time for this. I don't have the bandwidth. I can't, I can't handle hearing these types of things. So we purposely avoid it or try to create situations, keep it superficial, never try to get to deep things. So some of us, if you're really thinking of where we are all at, right? I mean, some of us are a little afraid to share and then probably never share within a church context the full extent of where we're at, the heaviness and the deepness in our lives. Some of us may be afraid to share again. We may have shared. We may have done it. Who knows? In improper ways, maybe in a prayer request, maybe through just sharing it with someone we thought was safe in the church to share to, but we never really shared it with the leadership in the church, with our shepherds, or maybe we didn't even share it with our shepherds and they let us down. And now we're done. I'm not going to share again. And some of us are frankly just scared to carry anybody else's stuff. We don't want to enter into the weight and the messiness and the issues that people have because we know it will come at a cost to our freedom, to our mental capacity, to our time, to our peace. And we just don't want it. So what do we do? In light of these challenges, right, we often flee to our flesh, which means we pick and choose what we want to share which is the common experience most of us have in church. I pick and choose how to share, what I share, when I share it, and whom I share it to. Making sure to reveal just enough weakness or just enough strength to make sure that I'm not judged. Protecting our image or to test our shepherds to see if they'll handle it well. I'll throw this out and see what people do with it. We hide our burdens. We pretend everything is great. As Minnesotans, we've been raised for that. Everything's fine, not too bad, right? We, we know how to do this, to, to act like nothing is heavy in our life, everything is light. Or we also don't ask hard questions. We're also well-trained at staying very superficial. Share, someone shares something, I'll pray for you, I'll encourage you, and that's it. I won't probe. I won't ask any deeper questions. I won't get at any of the motivations, any of the pain that may be behind it, because I don't want to offend. I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I think, too, one of the areas in our lives where we run to because of these challenges is we go online instead of in person. I think if we're honest, for most of us, or a lot of us, where we get the most care for our soul is online. But right? if we're honest, where do we get most of our spiritual mentoring, discipleship from? Where are we getting the 
truth spoken to us? Where do we reflect? Where we see other people's lives and where we reflect our lives to? Is it online, social media, or is it in person to our physical church? And for most of us, it's a combination of the two, but we need to probably start redirecting that approach to making the church the central place where we share what's going on in our life. Before we just default to sharing on Instagram, I need to default to share with my shepherds in the church. It really all comes down to fear. What would happen if these people really know me? What would happen if these people really don't care about me? What would I do if I even tried to carry the mess of people's lives? I can't possibly imagine taking on any more weight. The psychologist Carl Jung, who's one of the great psychologists of our age, he writes and talks a lot about how our greatest desire is really tied to our greatest fear. That our greatest desires, well, are twofold. We really desire deeply to be known by people. And we all have that desire in us. I want to be fully known. Someone who gets me. And we complain about this, right? This person doesn't, they just don't get me. They don't understand me. I just want someone to know me. I just want someone to get who I am. And we also, with that, have this desire to be loved. Truly loved. Right? Every part of us, for someone to accept me, to love me, to care for me. And so we want these things, we seek these things, but since they're our greatest loves, they're also our greatest fears, which is debilitating at times. Because while I want people to know me more than anything, my fear of being misunderstood stops me. Because I've, I, I'm afraid of not being known and misunderstood. My desire is to be loved by people, but my fear of not being loved also prohibits me from entering into those relationships. Because my absolute greatest nightmare, right, this is what Young would argue, is our greatest nightmare is that we would actually be known by someone and then not be loved. finally get known, to expose ourselves fully to someone, and then for them to reject us. So we're careful. We're careful with letting people know us, with trusting people to love us. And then we also overreact by loving people without actually knowing them, which is comforting, but superficial and not satisfying. This is the classic response of the church, is to just love everybody without actually taking the effort to know them. And it does feel comforting. I mean, it does. We know this. But it, it's not enough. We bring these desires and these fears to the church with us. But in Jesus Christ, and in his spirit, we see and experience the fulfillment of those desires and the removing of those fears.
because it's only in Christ and in the gospel that we are fully known by God. This is the truth of Scripture. He knows you. We went through the Psalms, right? He knows you before he ever knitted you in your mother's womb. He has known you. He knows your deepest thoughts, your fears, your hopes. He knows you in your fullness, unlike anyone could ever know you. And though you deserve to be rejected, he loves you, fully accepts you, gave his own son for you to wash you We bear each other's burdens because Christ bears my burden. We share our lives with each other without fear because Christ knows us and loves us and has taken away my fears. What more can I fear? My greatest hope and desire has been met in Christ. He knows me and he loves me, which is satisfying that I don't need any person in this world to know me to the extent that he does. I don't need anyone in this world to love me the way that he does, because he does. Now, I get to love people. I get to enter into their life. I get to know people and allow people to know me and to love me, not because I need it, but because I have it. And it, love now becomes the motivation, fulfilling the law of Christ out of a fullness and out of a hope and I experience that gospel more and more as I experience the living out of the gospel as it plays out in my family, in my neighbors, in the church, and how we love each other. We offer encouragement and admonishment because Christ encourages and admonishes us. The gospel and the spirit give me the strength that I need to share what's going on in my life. Christ knows me and he loves me. The gospel and the spirit gives me the strength that I need to enter into the burdens of someone's life. I'm not the one who carries those burdens. Not until we see Christ as the ultimate and true burden bearer, right? Because all these instructions to bear each other's burdens come at the back half of the letters. <laughs> it's not until we understand that Christ is the burden bearer will we actually share our burdens with one another. At least not in the right way. It's when we know that Christ holds and reconciles our greatest hurts and hopes that we will actually trust the church with them as well. We trust the church and his order of the church because we trust Christ, that he has us, that he is working in us. It's not until we truly believe and experience Christ as the burden bearer and reconciler that we will actually enter into other people's burdens without judgment and fear. He carries the burdens for us, with us. We're never alone in bearing these burdens. He never gives more than we can handle because he's the one who carries the load. So what does this mean for us? Well, for some of us, we need to start being honest. Right? We need to stop lying in the Christian community and actually share. Be honest and open. Let our shepherds care for us, even though they will do it imperfectly, because we have the great shepherd who does care for us. For some, it means we've got to get offline, 
where we've got to reprioritize how much communication goes online and how much communication goes within our church context. For others of us, it means we have to start to trust the ordering of the church and stop just sharing with friends or with people who we think get us and start to direct our hopes and our burdens to the leadership in the church, to our house church leaders, to our elders, trusting that that's what Christ wants us to do. For some, it means we need to actually start leaning in on God's strength and care for people. To not lose patience with people. To be humble. To be gentle. Some of us have lost our gentleness in how we shepherd and care for people. Because we've been relying on our own strength too long to carry the burdens of others. We give the comfort we have received. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, Paul's prayer at the beginning of 2 Corinthians says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. Isn't that profound? 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. We comfort anyone in any affliction in the church. There's no affliction that's beyond the comfort that we have to give. Because we have received that same comfort. We can't give what we haven't first received. We need to cast our burdens on Christ. We trust God's church is God's plan for our lives. We trust that the Spirit is leading us and working in us through the church. We entrust ourselves to God and to His church, whole spirit, soul, and body, because we have received the ultimate comfort from Christ. Until we have given our burdens to Christ and relied on His comfort and care, we will expect too much of others and rely too much on our own strength and will work against the Holy Spirit. We need to come to Christ and admit our desperate need for help. We need to cast our burdens on Him and then see His church as the instrument He's intended for us to cast those burdens onto. Right? It's not just some idea that we say, I'm going to cast my burdens on Christ. There is an aspect in which we do that mentally and through word and prayer and singing. But then to fulfill that, bring it to his church, which is his body. We cast our burdens on the church and we share with one another. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the love that you have for us. The fact that you know us so intimately you love us so fully. It's life-changing. Who are we that you would care for us the way that you do? That you would send your son to die in our stead, to bring us into your family, to wash us clean, to remove the stain of sin. That you would carry our burdens 
that we can come to you and cast on to you all of our fears, our regrets, our pains, and our disappointments, and that you never forsake us and you never leave us. Because you have given us your spirit, which leads us into your church. Lord, strengthen us not to disregard the church with our lives, but to openly share and to openly receive from others. Lord, help us to trust you more, to rely on you more and more for our own healing and care and shepherding so that we can entrust ourselves to others and so that we can shepherd one another. Lord, strengthen us through your love for the task that you have called us to. We want to be faithful to you faithful to your commands. And Lord, we know that we need you to do that. In your son's name.